0: Jesus, Jesus, Jesus
1: likes girls, Jesus, 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 likes girls, Jesus, 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 likes girls.
0: Hey. Hey. What's up? What's up, Zena?
1: Welcome to Jesus Likes Girls. Thank you. Thank you very much. Your little sun-kissed ass. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome yourself. Thanks. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, you were uh, out of town. Sun-kissing your body. Yeah. Florida. Yep. Went down south. Hung out by the pool. Did that sort of thing.
0: You know, I just had a realization. I never think of Florida as the South. No. But it is. Yeah. And it explains a lot of their fuckery. Yeah, that's true. They're Southerners. They are Southerners. With a twist.
1: Do they have accents?
0: Some of them do. Do they sound like this? I think so.
1: I mean, I don't know. Whenever I've gone to Florida, I'm on a beach hanging out (laughs) in tourist traps. So So you're around a
0: lot of uh, non-natives. Correct.
1: Yeah. I'm not really down with the central state. (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) I don't think I've been is Orlando in the central state it is it's closer inland than it's about an hour and a half away from the beach yeah I I've never been there never Mm. been to Walt Disney World Mm. well you're not missing much I mean I went to we were at Universal and it is a carnival on steroids it's Mm. basically just the city fair on times 10,000 and it gets old real quick for me I know some people want a honeymoon there yeah, they do. They actually do. They really do. And they there's something about that prefab life that they are about. Mm,
0: well, that sounds fun. It really doesn't sound fun
1: based no. on that description, but Or like a princess themed wedding? People do that. Ugh. And they get married by the castle. <laughs> Like just write up your divorce papers now. (laughs) Whenever I've thought
0: of redoing my wedding, because I think probably every woman has imagined that. Like, if I was gonna read, if I was gonna do it again, what would I do? And the the princess theme never has come up for me. Never. But I did watch Bridesmaids this weekend while working because it was really dead and the, I put it on TV. And when they, when all the women were together talking about bridal shower ideas, okay, the girl that plays Kimmy Schmidt, I don't know what her real name is. Yeah. She was in that movie, which I forgot.
1: Yeah, I don't. And she was I like, how about a
0: and... Pixar theme? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Bridesmaids... <coughs> The best? It's so good. It's so I haven't funny. I so long. Yes. And I love that you pull out the, let's party, or whatever. What does she say? I'm ready to party. party. The plane. <laughs> the plane. The plane. scenes are the best. <laughs> I was laughing so hard, and I thought of you a lot. Yes. Because when she's talking to the um, flight attendant, she yes. like does the mustache and pulls her <laughs> hair to the side. She's like, <laughs> Al Hitler. <laughs> She's like, Alfredo Sen, motherfucker. <laughs> it is so hilarious. It's so, so good. It's an amazing movie. And I'm just saying, you know, that I always have a, a close affinity to shit stories. And that that movie, like... It's definitely my wheelhouse. Yeah. Like, you're right. That is a shit scene that you have never seen before. No, it's epic.
1: And Melissa McCarthy shits in a sink. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And the whole time she's sitting on the sink, everybody else is coming into the bathroom to use the toilet. And she's like, look away! (laughs) Like, don't look at me! She's stuck. She can't, oh, she can't shield herself. Oh. And the one girl is peeking at the toilet, and then Kimmy Schmidt comes and pukes over her. She's on her head. Oh, bright face. Oh, it's so good. Yep. It's great. It is great. That, I could go on and on. I mean, I'm just saying, Wilson Phillips ended the movie. Wilson Phillips? Yeah, the two girls, um, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph, when they, in the 90s when oh, they were best right. friends, loved Wilson Phillips. That's right. And so Lillian, the new friend, yes. hired them for her wedding, and they played. They were like, someday somebody's gonna make you wanna hold it down and say goodbye!
1: Nice. Nice. <laughs> I love being a 90s kid. It's better than being a 2020 kid.
0: Fuck yeah.
1: Anyway. At any rate. Um, today we're going to be talking about a really serious subject. I was wondering how you were going to bring it up. I was thinking in my mind, like, how, what is the intro going to be for this
0: shitstorm?
1: Okay. So... A really important part of being an evangelical Christian is reaching out, evangelizing, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, Right? Yeah. Yet... So we've been told. (laughs) (laughs) Yet, they are a dismal failure...
0: God, that is an understatement if I ever heard one.
1: ...of trying to reach anybody in any meaningful way... Pretty much for the last hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. Like since the, maybe before that, I don't know. Maybe a hundred years ago they had terrible evangelism techniques too.
0: I'm assuming yes, because a hundred years ago it happened during like extreme racism. Slavery was like still in effect in many ways. Like what kind of Christian was speaking God's word to the masses? Big
1: tent revivals. That's what they had back then. People. Snake juice. Setting up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's what i hear snake <laughs> juice <laughs> word association and large
1: tents and everyone was so fucking bored they'd go and maybe they'd get caught up in the emotion of it you yes know?
0: i think that's a big part of it and i think that christianity was lauded like in the white culture yeah so in such extreme ways there was a real extremity of like lifestyle at the turn of the century with christianity you know? Okay. Well, we said 100 years ago, and so I went to 1920. Right. And in 1920, Prohibition was about to happen, and I'm fully immersed in Boardwalk Empire right now.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> well, so don't get me started. No, our sources are complete. Our research is... Oh, right. we experts. <laughs> but currently, <sighs> currently, the church and the ways that it tries to... I don't know what it does. I mean... A large part of anyone who regularly goes to church is hearing about reaching out to people, yeah. right? And
0: Well, it's, it's one of our responsibilities as a Christian is to share the gospel.
1: Share the motherfucking gospel <laughs> everywhere you go to the dying... Be the church. ...lost, poor, on its way to hell in a handbasket world. And it is all you hear about when you're there... And they, I was thinking about it in the MLM mindset, kind of what we've mm, talked about before, recruit, like recruit, 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 recruit. Because why do you really want to bring people to church? Why does why does a church as a as a group want new blood? You know, when I was young,
0: I perceived it as a new believer of Jesus. When I heard about recruitment, of course, it was never
1: used in those terms. Correct. Right. right.
0: But I thought about it in terms of sharing the truth of Jesus with people.
1: Right. But now
0: I understand things a little more clearly. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I understand is that the church is a business. Yeah, it is. And so new blood means members, dollars means money.
1: It does. You know? And so in that way it's like, how many people do you have under you? Like a pyramid scheme. Yeah. But I mean that is the most cynical way we could look at it. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: just went right to the heart. I don't know. You can't even say the positives of the side of it. It's totally lost for you. I, Your I guess face it is. is like there's no love involved here. There is Let me no. ask you have you ever brought somebody to church? Yes. Was it a positive experience? No. Ever? No. <laughs>
1: Same. <laughs> Literally, the two people that come to mind, Oh. me bringing them to church pretty much ended our relationship. Oh,
0: God. That's really negative. Yeah. I mean, understandable. And I that... would never bring somebody to my current church. It's like, and that, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot behind that, but I just don't think the church as its structure, as its current structure in America is a place where I want to be. So I'm not going to subject a friend or somebody I care about to come there. To force them to come. Yeah. I I mean, you can't force somebody, but I wouldn't even do it in like genuine concern. I wouldn't, that's not a place where I would bring somebody that I care about looking for love or looking for Jesus it would I wouldn't say you should come to church with me that's the last place I would bring them right I mean technically I became a Christian at a church. During an altar call. Oh, gosh. But the reality is I I met Jesus through a relationship with somebody who knew Jesus and shared him. Right. That's really what happened. It just ha- so happened that they did an altar call, and that's where I said the
1: sinner's prayer. Okay. Did you feel official at that point?
0: Yeah, because I, I had no clue about what was going on. Yeah. I was like, you guys say this is what it is? Then that's what it is. And I was like, I'm brand new, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: See, my experience wasn't like that. I was going to church, and honestly, I'm such a I don't know headstrong person that every time I was in the church, I felt like I absolutely belonged to be there, and that I <laughs> knew God, and I like before I'd never gone to you church. Were like, I got this under wraps, pretty much. Oh <laughs> I like, showed up, I love you. and it was just like, oh yeah, like this Bible I've never read, got it. Like I, <laughs> I just was like. 100%, I know exactly what's going on here, and I'm in. But I never felt any need to confess or anything like that or Did you ever get calls. baptized? Well, that came later because uh-huh. then I went to a Christian camp. It was Bear Lake Bible <laughs> Camp, okay. and I was... Down, they'd, like, give you a Bible until you go off and be by yourself Mm -hmm. for devotionals in the morning. And so I was doing that. I was, like, walking around with my Bible in the woods. And one of the mornings, like, I felt the presence of God. Mm. And it literally was, like, everything was different. Like, I looked around. I was, like, oh, God is real. Mm. And it was, like, a transformative thing. I came back up, and I was with all the people, and everything looked a little different. Mm And I was like all on this like Holy Spirit high thing. Mm-hmm. So then when I when I started looking at my journals, because I've always journaled at the time, I, w- I looked back and I was like, oh my gosh, I thought I knew these things before, but I didn't know them.
0: <laughs> it's so funny that you thought you were like, I got Christian you figured out I'm a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and then you met God and you were like... What
1: was I thinking? I was like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know anything. And so then it was all. Yeah. So my experience of actually acknowledging God's existence was because I had an encounter with God. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So... Yeah. Because
0: I did too. With a friend. And we prayed. And then I felt God's presence. Okay. So the church, the evangelical side of it, they were just doing their job and I was like, "Check, you said I got to do this, so I'm doing it."
1: Okay. I see. Right, cuz you're more of a rule follower than I am.
0: I need some structure you in my life. You <laughs> I crave it because I don't have it
1: innately. You're like, <laughs> "Where are the I rules. need a plan. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, "I got your rules."
0: Yeah. <laughs> You literally just epitomized
1: both of us very well. It's true. And then God tapped me on the shoulders like, hello. Oh, you've got it all figured out, Rosie. Guess what? <laughs> I exist. So both of those experiences were not through someone coming up to us and telling us the good news. But here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Pre any of that, did you ever have a stranger approach you? and try to evangelize you when you were not in the church? Well, my situation is kind of unique
0: because my ex-husband had become a Christian in high school. So that's when I met Jesus, myself, personally. And he had such an intense encounter with Jesus that, like, completely changed his life. He was on—and he had been a totally, like, closed-up, introverted person. After he met Jesus, he had this huge desire to evangelize. evangelize this kid like used to go up he was a snowboarder and a skater he used to like intentionally go snowboarding to talk to people on the lifts that was like a perfect time to talk about jesus because they're stuck with him so (sighs) before i had actually started even thinking about whether or not jesus was real or anything about it him and his other friend who had also had a, a spiritual experience had been talking to me a lot about jesus like at lunchtime oh like Trying to convert me. Okay. And so I like. What blew. did you? I was what like, did you... you guys have your heads up your asses? <laughs> Every day, I would go out to smoke because I was like a burnout in high school, <laughs> and I would go out to smoke. And I remember Tom being like, "Do you really want to do that, Shannon?" And I was like, "Fuck yes, I do." And I was like, "Jesus wants me to do it too, motherfucker." <laughs> and he would get upset about it, and he'd be like, "I'll pray for you," and I'd be like, okay But before that, I had never. Ever really encountered anybody like trying to share the gospel with me? A stranger? No. Okay. But when I was real young, like six or seven, I remember my neighbors did to my mom. Oh. And so I I think we visited their church one time. And I just remember, like, it's a faint memory. I just remember, like, playing in the background and like, the toy room or something going on. And my dad, he was not down with it. He was like, you're never going there again, Mary.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: But that, other than those, I can't think of anybody just walking up to me
1: and being like, do you know the Lord? And handing me a, what are those things called? Tracks. Tracks i had that happen to me i was headed up north with my family once and we were at a rest stop and i was drying my hands at the little air blow dryer thing and this woman came up to me a little white woman she was like hello i was like hey i was a kid i was a teenager you know she was like i've got something to give you i was like creepy okay (laughs) And she handed me a a track and she was like, why don't you go ahead and read that? I was like, all right, thanks. And then she left the bathroom. So she solely relied on the track, you know. And so I looked at it and I was like, what the hell? And I felt so judged immediately. You know, I was just like. Is it because I'm wearing ripped jeans? Like, I was trying to figure <laughs> out, like, why did this woman think I needed the she track? She thinks I'm punk rock! Versus anyone else in this bathroom. Were like, there other people in the bathroom? I assume so. <laughs> but <it was> like, <laughs> she singled you out. She like, was
0: like, look at this
1: little pagan. What, what was it about me? And I was just like, oh, okay. Like, I felt bad about it. And then I've had... Then after I was saved, I was hanging out with someone who wasn't, like, wasn't going to church, wasn't interested at all in that. And we're in a big boy, and a woman came up to our table oh, one night. Oh, a restaurant. Like... <laughs> oh, that's the prime pick and place for the... That's right. A stranger at a restaurant came yeah. up to our table and was like, Hi, girls. I was just wondering if you guys know Jesus. And I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I'm sitting there knowing my friend is not interested in this. And I was like... Yeah, I do. And she was like, good. And she looked at her. And She was like, do you? Oh, my gosh. And she was like, no, actually, I don't. And she goes, well, you just keep hanging out with her. And then she walked away. And I was just
0: like, oh, great. But the restaurants, that happens a lot in the restaurants. I did, I was remiss in my memory. Okay, I was a waitress for a long time. My whole time I was a teenager, I was a, I worked in restaurants. Okay. And I can't tell you how many fucking tracks have been get left for me with my tips. Okay. Back yeah. in the olden days when people used cash.
1: Right. But
0: no, like, face-to-face encounters. I mean, I, it's probably... There probably was so many, I don't even... I didn't give them any space in my limited memory. So, the... The string in all of our stories is it's, it does make you feel judged for somebody to walk up and just based on a yes or no answer, they can, they can size you up as a whole. Like you're okay. You said yes. You though, you're not okay.
1: So I guess I'm just trying to think of like, what is, where, where does it all go so wrong Like, to the extent of, at the point in America, I feel like most messages about Jesus from any church are complete, uninteresting. I'm trying to think of adjectives and none of them. That no person who is not a part of that culture would ever be like yeah. Nothing is appealing about
0: any kind of message from the church really at all.
1: No and not only that it's a huge signal for like right-wing conservative anti-gay rhetoric that white supremacy at this point Mm -hmm. you know where it's like if you are trying to encourage me towards a church I probably should get as far away from you as I can. Yeah. You know, it's like the polar opposite of any sort of thing where Jesus would have originally wanted it or intended it to be. What makes us know? What's up? I just had this thought like I don't I think that our perspectives are that we're not fully indoctrinated in Christian culture and haven't been our whole lives. So I we... never want to be. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. I did it. I tried. Well, I'm saying when you are, you lose perspective of... Of
0: being a real human being.
1: Exactly. Or caring about what a person's life looks like outside of Christianity, or even right. believing that their lives are full of meaning, full of relationship, mm-hmm. full of love, full
0: of gifts. Like... yeah. It's beyond a yes or no, I'm a Christian, from somebody just wanting for you to check the mark. And being a real person is really messy and really complicated and you cannot fit in the box in the church being a real person. No. And that's why I don't want to be there. And that's why most people I know don't either. Right.
1: But I feel like what, what it's going to say is that there's, there's this disregard for humans in general by the church as they Agreed. look at the outside world. A hundred percent. You know? Yeah. I've hung out with Christians where I've said like that I love the world. Mm-hmm. I think some Christians look around at People And think these people are evil. Yeah, they see them as like just people that are, I don't know what they see, but I don't see people that way. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is why we have any place to talk about it. You know, I'm not saying, you know, I know everything that's good or bad about the church. But if you have any compassion at all for anyone outside of the church, you would see the way the church sees them. And Mm. then being inside of it and knowing all the rhetoric you hear to try to draw people in, you know, without actually caring. For people Mm -hmm. or knowing anything about them or giving them even a little
0: bit of respect but it it means something to be able to have the perspective that we have it's meaningful yeah and it's not just meaningful for us it's meaningful for the people that we love and all the people that are like us that love other people and are also christians in this evangelical world where we're we're asked and expected to be recruiters of the gospel, of the faith.
1: Right, but so where do the code words start, where you tell all of the parishioners that God loves people, and he loves, Jesus died for everyone, so you really need to get out there and share love. Mm -hmm. So love itself becomes a code word that doesn't mean love, Mm -hmm. it means something else, and so what does love actually mean to a Christian, therefore, when they're dealing with someone outside of a church.
0: Well, I will say in my youth, it was based out of fear. My love for people was based out of fear of them going to hell.
1: Really? Yeah. And you... not
0: going to hell and not knowing Jesus. It that's was like that's what you together. wanted
1: for people. You thought this poor soul is going to hell.
0: Well, I distinctly remember having one specific conversation with all of the waitresses that I worked at the restaurant I was growing up in. They were all older than me. I was like 17 years old. Okay. And I literally told them all. They were going to (laughs) hell. Nice. And they were like, really, Shannon? And I was like, I'm so sorry to say it, but yeah. Oh, my gosh. So... There was a lot of indoctrination that happened in my mind, and it really was about, I, I can remember the feelings and the thoughts that I was having in that particular time, and I really was concerned for them. These were women that I cared about. They were like my family. And you just saw them
1: on the road to flames.
0: Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> you gossiping bitches, you're all gonna burn. <laughs> That was kind of an extreme situation. But then at the same time, I could see that playing out still in different ways. Maybe people's concern in the, maybe evangelical Christians, they have the same kind of mentality about the way that you live your life. I love you and the way that you live your life, being gay or
1: having problems with stealing or whatever it is. You, I've got a plan of behavior management for you. Yeah. I know the freedom for you. I know the freedom from those things. Yeah. But, but those, freedom equals just change behavior. Exactly. That's what they're talking about. That is That's 100% what I'm offering. What they're you. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that it doesn't save you. And I I evangelized when I at soon after I got saved when I was in college. I evangelized a lot to other college people.
0: Were you a, a part of Campus Crusade? No,
1: I was part of Spartans for Christ. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Michigan Be clear, State. I'm not making fun of you. Michigan State. I was part of Campus Crusade. I'm just saying.
1: Michigan State Spartans, Spartans. They had a group called Spartans for Christ, and that was the little group I was oh, a little man. part of. But um Campus Crusade sort of weirded me out. Yeah, understandably. A little too judgmental. Spartans for Christ. They were doing some a uh, little more spirit stuff you know mm-hmm. a little freaky up in there but uh in any case i, I what i think i really liked was debate i enjoyed <laughs> meeting people who were intelligent and having the conversation
0: with which like, you are still so good
1: at well thank you just saying So I would like reading materials that, you know, like were apologetic and I had my own relationship with Jesus. And so I was unstoppable, you know, Mm -hmm. and I would meet people who, and I mean, I was going for the extremes. Like I was hanging out in the philosophy department, meeting people who would changed their name to Apple who opened the door (laughs) completely naked. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) really extreme. And I was like, let's talk about Jesus. (laughs) make it here. I love it, you know? And I would love to find out their philosophies and then figure out how Jesus could be in their philosophies mm. or where they missed him or whatever, you mm. know? I just enjoyed that and I think that environment that's what all of us were doing in college anyway just mm-hmm. exploring ideas and thoughts and know? identity yes. for sure so but then it's funny too cuz then well, my maybe
0: you were i was drinking a lot um
1: i did all my drinking pre college <laughs> <laughs> and post but in college i was pretty sober <laughs> But then I remember that was my first semester at Michigan State because I only did one year at State. Mm -hmm. And the first semester, I was like this on fire evangelical weirdo. And then my roommates left the second semester. Yeah, they both went to different schools. Mm -hmm. And that was Karen and Rebecca and then I was alone in my dorm and suddenly like without any support and I it was really bad for me like I convinced myself I had a brain tumor I stopped sleeping like being alone at college was really difficult for me and I remember not wanting everyone in the dorm to see me that way anymore as a Christian and I remember this one girl came up and she thought Karen still lived there. And she didn't really know me, but she knew Karen. She knew mm-hmm. Karen was a Christian. And she came up to the door once and she was like, hey. And I explained, Karen transferred and all this stuff. And then she was walking away and I was like, hey, hey can I just stop you for a minute? And she was like, yeah. I was like, just so you know, I'm not one of those Christians. I'm, you know, I know Karen was all about Jesus and stuff. That's not what I'm like. I'm not about that. So like within a span of months... I'd completely Judas. Jesus Christ <laughs> in the back. <laughs> It's really interesting. Yeah. And I just dropped the debate and I dropped it because I, I don't know, I just wasn't in the same, I didn't have the same supports around me to encourage me.
0: Well, I wonder how many evangelicals would also feel the same way if they weren't a part of the
1: machine. Probably a lot. Right? Yeah. I imagine. When you're just alone with yourself and who you really are. Like, hey, I think I've, and also I think I have a brain tumor. Could you help me? (laughs) (laughs) Did you actually say that to her? No, I didn't. Okay. (laughs) but I really did think I did.
0: Oh, Oh, That's another story.
1: College. The good old days. But, so, in any case, why were we talking about that? Because we're talking about evangelism evangelism and... What are the ways we evangelized others? Yeah.
0: The ways we reached out. And what's happening in the church and how does it work and not work
1: and... And what's really going on for people when they say they love others and then it looks like... (sighs) the shitstorm of American... And here's the other thing I always wonder. Like, who hasn't heard of Jesus at this point in America?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well... What makes me laugh about is sometimes you hear, sometimes I've heard in church like talking about the people who have never been exposed to the Lord. And I always thought, ooh, (laughs) (laughs) a tribe in the furthermore most center of an Amazonian jungle. Like we're going to go fly to that country and then go talk to them about Jesus. No, I am not doing that. I distinctly remember I've heard that a few times in my life and been like, I'm not going to be that girl going into the jungle. (laughs) talk to the tribe about Jesus. Like
1: God's got them. So you felt no missionary call then? Never. (laughs) (laughs) Never, ever,
0: ever. There was one mission trip I considered, but I can guarantee you it like fit my lifestyle for travel. Oh, right, right. I was like, Cuba? Hmm. I would love to visit Havana. There was no love involved.
1: Weren't loving Cubans? <laughs> there was no
0: love involved. Well, and so missions, I think as a whole, I had a real... I mean, I, I personally am one of the believers that I think missions are completely selfish a waste of finances oh we could just have a whole tangent on we can have a whole podcast about missions but okay I in my in my young Christian days I had some friends who were one was a native to Romania and had been living in America and her and her husband moved back to Romania and they were all about community And so they interpreted evangelism as loving other people, means living with them and supporting them and being a friend to them. So that's what they did. And they had relationship with so many people, and so many people came into a relationship with Jesus through their church. Awesome. That's the only time. That's the only example I know of, and people who have done the same thing, where I've seen people come into relationship with Jesus through...
1: Through actual relationship with people who really care. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And in
0: Europe, it's been a lot easier for a lot of people to evangelize. I never we want to say We keep struggling with this word. <laughs> I know. It? It's, it's such an abhorred word in my mind. Share I the gospel. I never want to say it. I don't even want to say share the gospel. I just, know.
1: It has too many. Uh, Gospelizing? Is that a word? Associations with negative things. Right. I, but I literally am having trouble just even saying it. You've he heard me. I couldn't say song. it either.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> (laughs) I've like (laughs) excommunicated the word from my mind. This is
1: really why we're bad at it. We can't even say (laughs) the word.
0: I just heard a pass. I just saw like a
1: visualization
0: in my mind of a pastor being like, Zena, the word is evangelism. And you being like, but uh, uh, I'm like that.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, there's that one verse in the Bible where Jesus says, You travel the world to make a convert, and then that person becomes a child of hell, just like yourself when he's speaking to the- He literally says that. He's like, they're double the child of hell you are, and you travel the globe to go make a convert. Well, Jesus, he's (laughs) right about that, and I agree. So, I don't think we've solved any major- um evangelism problems what
0: does evangelism mean for you now now as a person are you committed to evangelism no in your walk as a christian nope i'm not hell no is it something that's important to you nope so you're not committed to it it's not important to you
1: (laughs) you can't say the word (laughs) are you hurting i do not think of life that way anymore yeah. I don't think of it that way. So
0: because That's why you associated MLM with it. Because when you're in an MLM, everybody is a sale. That's right. Nobody is a person anymore. That's They're right. are always a sale. You're always looking for a or customer. A, a partner. Somebody you want to convert in some way. Sale or seller.
1: Right. And nobody wants to be treated that way. No. No one. Or maybe they do, and then they've got issues. Well, if they want to be treated that way... You're right, they do have
0: issues because obviously they're insecure enough to fall for a need that the person
1: is presenting. It's like playing on loneliness, playing on hope. It's
0: predatory. It
1: is predatory.
0: That's why we hate evangelism. It is true. And that's why I love communal ways of relating to people and loving people is because it's not predatory it's i have love in my heart i have what's the word um i have enough needs enough of my needs met to be generous to the people around me i believe in generosity as being god's representation on earth that's my belief and that's what i think jesus says call me crazy it's a hunch and so when you have other people around you that are in need you share it that's evangelism to me and that's why i think
1: community works because there are so many people in need and they want to be loved and cared for. But do you still feel like some responsibility to evangelize? See, I,
0: it's really hard for me to answer that question because I hate that fucking word so much. I can't say yes to it. But what I think I already answered is my but round like, of Is there a motivation?
1: Is there a motivation behind it for you that's like, and maybe they'll see Jesus?
0: Hmm. I want to say no, but I think that there's a small part of me that does hope that when I'm sharing love with somebody, that it can be attributed to God. Like, I hope that when I love someone well, when they,
1: yes, so I'm going to say yes. But I will say at this point in my life, I sense in myself that I am doing something or hoping something that is like contrary than anything other than I'm loving that person. Just me, myself. It feels crooked. No, I I stop. I don't want to say it. I don't want to do it. I no longer want to because you don't want the the means
0: to be. I want to see somebody converted.
1: No, I don't. Right. Because I feel like it's been beaten out of me Mm -hmm. just by the damage that Christianity has done. Mm -hmm. My own years of wasted effort Mm -hmm. of trying to change people who I didn't love well. Mm. or even do right by you know yeah that I, th-
0: I essentially think we're saying the same thing
1: I hear you but i I'm just saying like I, now it's much more that I believe that God if he is interested in revealing himself to someone mm. God does that mm-hmm. like i I got saved wholly outside of anyone except that you know Bible camps set themselves up and so I guess they're all hoping that God shows up you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe that's somewhere in the fine print of all of the churches and all of the things like Mm. maybe God really is real, you know, Mm. but it's not how they operate. Yeah. And so it can happen that you might meet God in a Christian setting, but otherwise I feel like most likely, I don't know, I don't want to say most likely. I'm just saying it's not a for sure. And with other people, God is fully able to save anyone he wants. And I know what he's asked of me and I'm willing to do that. But Mm -hmm. that duplicitness, that false agenda. Mm -hmm. I think Jesus hates it. I agree with you. I think it he despises it. Agreed. And it's hard once you've learned it to stop. It's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard. And I think
0: so I'm not sure if I answered that I do that or not. So I just wanna be clear. Well you
1: said, you said I hope when I am being loving that it will be credited to God. Yeah. And that's okay. That's what I okay. I just want to get
0: I mean, (laughs) unless you're hoping—that is my hope—you're hoping
1: for a person to be like, "Hey, can you can you lead me me to Jesus
0: and help me say the sinner's prayer?" (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm saying that I hope my love is that I love other people well, and that. They have an encounter with God, not because of my love, but I hope that they do have an encounter with God. And if they look at my life and they feel that I love them well, that they could say, I see Jesus in Shannon. If Jesus is real, Shannon is a good representation of it. That's Aww. it. I, I wipe my hands of anything else.
1: <laughs> I just thought of how cool it would be to go to a church that was just like, today we're going to talk about... Stopping the bullshit we call evangelism. Oh,
0: God. It, would, it It's like my dream. I mean. I can't even tell you how much I would yearn for that. I do daily. Not daily. Weekly. If I ever jump on Zoom church, that's my dream. <laughs> Somebody. You know what? We're not going to have any more bullshit today. I'd be like, oh, my God, Jesus is coming back right now. The moon's about to turn to blood. <laughs> I crave it. If a pastor was punking me, it would be enough. <laughs> Even if it was a ploy, I crave it so bad.
1: Oh, or like they pass out tracks to everyone and be like, "Okay, please rip this in half."
0: Oh, or something. Oh, God, you know?
1: yes. Let it come, Jesus. Some tearing of the veil. I'm so fucking desperate. What? Is, I'm trying to think of. Bring the rain. Open the gates. What are some of the expressions? <laughs> Open heaven. Well, I just
0: said tear the veil. Tear the We're like, we're turning into way deep Christians right now. I know, but we're getting it all wrong. Because <laughs> we ate it. <laughs> I said tear the veil. Hmm. And then I literally thought pierce the veil. Bring the oh, brain? Oh my God. All
1: right. Well, I think. That's a wrap. This wraps up another <laughs> successful podcast. Oh, amen. See you next time. <laughs> Deuces.